Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another True Crime Tuesday. I'm your host, Isabella. And I'm Asta. And this is Oddly Unexplained. This, like, episode does contain themes of kidnapping and child death. So it's, if you don't like death of minors, maybe skip this one. It shouldn't be too gory, but we will talk about the idea of child death and child being kidnapped. Now, if you're wondering, today we are going to be talking about the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. Yay. The the kidnapping of 20-month-old Charles Jr. Lindbergh. Hmm. So let's get right into it. On March 1st, 1932, the Lindbergh family were going about the evening when the family's nurse discovered that Anne Lindbergh did not have Charles, the Lindbergh's 20-month-old son. So she went to the nursery, and when she entered the room, she saw his empty cot and the open window. Then, under further inspection, she found a ransom note. Now, Anne and Anne Lindbergh and their family butler, Watley, went around the property with guns, looking for the kidnapper or Charles, the baby. Now, it is debated whether Anne or Charles Sr., Charles Jr.'s father, which one it was who went around the property. Um, Some, most sources say Charles, but it was also 1932, so if a woman had gone around looking for her son... A woman with a gun? Yeah, it wouldn't have really flown, so we, there's no really way to know, but it could be, it could have been either of them. Now, either way, they found underneath... The Charles Jr.'s windows. He was his bedroom was in the second story. They found the impressions of a ladder, like like spots in the dirt. Sorry, where the ladder had like pushed into it, as well as the pieces of the broken ladder and a baby blanket that was Charles. Now, when they couldn't find anything else, Watley, their butler, called the New Jersey State Police, as well as the family's attorney, Henry Breckenridge. I'm sorry, but they have a butler and an attorney just on call. Yeah. It's, it was a weird time. A rich family. Also, like, how did you how did you destroy the ladder in such quick time? I don't know. Like, raced up, and then just Bestie just went down and started, like, hitting the ladder with, like, an axe or something. Yeah. Now, we're going to jump into the investigation. But first, I'm going to read the ransom letter. Now, I'm going to read it exactly as it was spelt, and I, then after I'll explain what it was saying, because there are some huge spelling and grammar mistakes in here so this is exactly what the letter says it says dear sir exclamation mark why would you call someone who you just kidnapped baby like sir like hey sir i don't know have fifty thousand dollars ready 25 that two thousand five hundred dollars in twenty dollar bills one bills one five thousand dollars in ten dollar bills and ten thousand dollars in five dollar bills after two to four days, we will inform you where to in, where to deliver the money, spelt M-O-N-Y. We warn you for making any ding, spelt M-A-N-Y-D-I-N-G, public, or for the police, P-O-L-I-S-E. The child is in gut care, G-U-T, or good is what I assume it was meant to be. Indication for all letters are signature and three holes. It's weird because, like, I don't know if they'd spell it. I know when William Shakespeare was around, which was the 1800s, they didn't have spelling because I remember hearing that he used to spell his name different. But either this shows, like, the time Mm. and, like, education at the time. Yeah. Or just, like, like, looking at this letter is just... It's just... So weird. And also the actual, like, handwriting of it was very 
it was almost illegible, but they did get a handwriting expert to read it because they couldn't really read it. Now, we're going to jump into the investigation. So there was a man named James Condon. Now, he joined the investigation and unofficially investigated this case for many years. Now, I am not aware of his relationship to the Lindberghs, but I'm assuming it was kind of close. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> now, he even offered a $5,000 reward to the kidnappers. Charles Jr. was handed over to a priest. Now, this is, it's a bit weird. So I don't know who this guy was, but he just joined this case and he just started investigating. Like, he got really into this. And so he was very... Why a priest? Why not just the family? No, but I think the idea was that it was sort of like a mutual person. Like, if they just dropped Charles off as a church, he would be taken care of. Like, instead uh, of, like, and so that would mean that the kidnappers wouldn't have to reveal their identity, but they, the family could get Charles back. I think that was uh, the whole thing, was that the kidnappers could stay anonymous and wouldn't go to jail, but the family would get Charles back, which is what they wanted. Now, we're going to jump. I don't know when we're jumping to, but we're going to move on to about the ransom. So the rents, the Lindbergh family did pay the ransom as they were incredibly rich, we'll, we will get into. So the ransom was packaged in a wooden box that was custom made. Now, this was done in the hope that it would be later identified. It's like if they find this box in a house, they know this person took the ransom. Now, the ransom money included a number of gold certificates, as these um, like gold certificates were about to be withdrawn from circulation. So again, this was hoping that it would draw greater attention when someone would spend them. Now, there was no marking on the bills, but the serial numbers were recorded. I don't know how useful that would have been in the 30s, but I think that it just would have made it slightly easier. Hmm. Now... On April 2nd, Condon was given a note by an unknown cab driver. Now, Condon meant John, quotation marks, and told him that they had been able to raise only $50,000. Now, the man accepted the money and gave Condon a note saying that the child was in the care of two innocent women. I don't know what this means. I have no clue. So what I'm assuming is happening is that this Condon guy, like, met this guy, John, and raised, uh, like, I don't even know what this means. Wouldn't you want to arrest, like, that guy first? Like, I think this John guy had something to do with it, and, like, Condon was paying him $50,000 to get the kid, and then all the guy, all the John guy said was that the, like, Charles was in the care of two innocent women. Like, I don't know what that means, but it's just this whole, you can already see the, the problem But do they this. know it's Charles? Like, they're not innocent, like, if they go along with it, that's... They would know it's Charles. Like, this kid, we're going to get into the parents, but these parents were incredibly rich and famous. Like, this dad, we will get more into them and their and involvement in the case, but the dad, um, Charles Lindbergh, was the first person to ever fly a solo flight from New York to Paris without stopping. Like, ever, in the entire world. So, like, this guy is famous and rich. Mm. So, like, everybody knows that this is happening. And that is a big theme of the investigation. But we're going to get back into it. So, on, on May 12th, delivery truck driver Orville Wilson and his assistant, William Allen, pulled to the side of a road about seven kilometers south of the Lindbergh home near the hamlet of Mount Rose in the neighboring town, Hopewell Township. 
Now, when Alan went into the grove of trees to urinate, he discovered the body of a toddler. Okay, I just quickly want to talk about this. Obviously, in 1930, they didn't have, like, DNA evidence, but did they ever, did they still have the body? That's what I want to know. No, they cremated him. Oh, okay. Okay, Okay. so the skull was badly fractured, fractured, sorry, and the body decomposed, and it looked as if animals had been eating him. Yum. Now... There was indications of someone, like, very quickly and very badly burying him. You know, he was, like, half-covered with some leaves on him kind of thing. Like, they were running out of time. Now, Gao identified the baby as the missing infant from the overlapping toes of the right foot and the shirt that that she had made. Now, so Gao is the nanny, sorry, the nurse. (laughs) Now, it appeared the child had been killed by a blow to the head. Now, as I said, he was cremated. Okay, Next. that's suspicious in, in itself. That he was cremated? Yes. The reason being is that in the future we do get, like, technology. And although it is very, like, unethical to, like, unbury someone and do an autopsy, it does happen in big cases. Yeah, this is, like, everybody knows this case. Mm. Like, I just feel like if... It hadn't been cremated. That would have been. There would have been more evidence. But I guess at this point of time, they didn't know that that would happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess this sort of would mean there would be no remnants of the abuse that he suffered. I think that was possibly where their minds mm-hmm. were going. Was that this was getting rid of his physical body that had suffered the trauma. So now we're going to jump to when they sort of actually started making some um, legway into the. Um, like capture and arrest of a man. So in June 1932, so a couple months later, officials began to suspect that the crime had been perpetrated by someone they knew, which um, I don't, I forget the percentage. Astrid, do you know the percentage of how many crimes are committed by a known family member? It's like- It's heaps. It's It's like very big. It's like 99% or something. Like, because it's very rare that you have those coincidental killings because- it's like besides because sociopaths and psychopaths those are the only ones that do it and it's a very bad statistic but i think there's like one woman in australia every week killed because of domestic violence it is it's a horrible statistic but it does show that like that's most murders it's because murders are an extreme like aggression it's Mm. when it's in that heated moment when you're not thinking and this is the only possible thing that you can do to relieve your anger. And that is why that these happen. And so these don't, most people don't get murdered without having any, without having someone really mad at them. So that's why they suspected this. It's not really weird. Now, immediately suspicions fell upon Violet Shop. Now, she was a household servant at the Morrow home. Now, she had been giving contradictory information regarding her whereabouts. So basically... Every time they asked her, her story had changed on the night of the kidnapping. Now, she also was very nervous and very suspicious when she was questioned. Now, she committed suicide on June 10th, 1932. Okay, this is instantly, like, a lot of murderers do commit suicide. Like, the recently, guilt. recently, I, I believe that Gabby Pieto, who we will talk about, that's mm. coming up, but her boyfriend killed her, committed suicide. Mm. Yeah. That's... And it's not uncommon, like, because I don't want to call it accidental because there is, there has to be 
a bit of recognition of what you're doing. But a lot of times what does happen is that these people, they didn't realize in the moment how serious what they were doing. They were sort of, they were so angry that any reasoning left, like flew out their ears. So the thought of this person, I will never talk to them again, isn't there. So what happens is the guilt later gets to them. And that is why suicides often follow murders. So she committed suicide by ingesting a silver, a silver polish, presuming nail polish that contains cyanide. Nail polish. She. That's a bit. I don't know. It's a weird way of killing yourself. Just like drinking nail polish. Now, very sadly, or also maybe good, I don't know. The police confirmed her alibi, and the police were very criticized for their bad handle on this case so this woman i it is presumed that the reason that she she just didn't like the police most people don't like the police because they're never talking to you about something good exactly so it is presumed that she was questioned three times and i think it's not as much of like oh i killed him oh everybody thinks i killed him yeah my life's never going to be the same they think i killed this little boy i didn't I have to get out of here. And then maybe in the heat of the moment, she decided to drink nail polish. So... Is nail polish... I don't know. It just... When I found... It just said polish, no matter where I looked. So I'm just going to go that it, it... It was the 30s. A lot of makeup contained poison. Now, um, we're going to jump back to James Condon. Oh. Now, Condon was questioned by the police and his home was searched, but they didn't find anything. And... All this time, Charles Senior Lindbergh stood by Condon. So I'm assuming that they were friends, but... Okay, so is there anything with the parents? Because I know in a lot of murder cases, the instant suspect is the parents for the reason being, um, like, obviously, they're the now, closest to Lindbergh the Now, Lindbergh had six children. Charles was the first. So they continued mm. to have... So often you find... Is it possible that Charles was, like, an accident? Did I they don't... have Charles before wedlock? I don't know, but okay. I guess not. Because I'm guessing like, not, because actually no, they didn't. I remember because they they'd only known each other for six months and then they got married. That's that's like um, it's fast. Now we're going to jump into Bruno Richard Hampton. Oh goodness, spilt my tea. But he was the one who was arrested for the crime. Now he was found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to death. Now, even though he was convicted and sentenced to death, he still continued to profess his innocence, which is obviously not unusual. Like, it, it is kind of unusual, though. Because most people, when they get that far, they're sort of like, yeah, I'm going to die but, anyway. So there's this thing the police do. Um, I'm not saying that every case is this, but if he was in, in, innocent, yes, there is a thing the police do where they, like, sleep-deprive you, and often in questioning, they, they're like... I'm just going to pretend Isabella's the one I'm questioning. Like, Isabella, it's okay. It was just in the heat of the moment. You were just a bit angry. Yeah. No, you're just a bit angry. It's fine. Like, we get it. And then they get you to confess to it. Mm. But is, and then, but there's also the side of like, confess. We, it doesn't matter if you confess. We'll, we'll stop doing this and you'll just, you'll be fine. Yeah. So it just. It doesn't, it doesn't work so well. I mean, it works. Like, it gets them what they want, but it just... They call it, like, a, a full-out full guy. Yeah, and then So, also, like, if there's a lot of pressure on them... 
Yeah, they often can be. A popular case of this is the case of Tony, Desiree, and um, uh, Miriam. They, like, those were three, the Alicaster girls, they, one of the guys was, like, tortured. I don't know if he did it or not. I haven't finished that podcast episode. (laughs) But um, now we're going to jump into some discussion points about this case. So the first one I want to talk about that we sort of already talked about is that this family was incredibly rich. I'm talking, so we're, this is taking place in the Great Depression when even if you had a job, like even if you worked, you were like, worshipped. You were you paid were like, like $2 an hour to like pump people's gas. Like you were considered rich. These people had like a butler, multiple servants, multiple I nannies. I feel like butler is just like the ultimate. <laughs> like they had, these people were in, they paid a $50,000 ransom and they were like, that that was nothing. So just that's just something I want to say. Like they were sort of a target because people sort of knew they could get a ransom out of them because to like a normal people, they probably wouldn't pay a ransom because like, if it doesn't work, you've just lost $50,000. But like to them, it's like, Oh, it's just a bit of my money. You know, if it gets my son back, you know, if we lose it, eh." it just, it feels like they are rich, rich, like rich, 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 rich. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that means that they didn't get questions. Yeah. That is proposed. It's like, they could have paid enough money to make this all go away kind of thing. And you yeah. hear that. You hear people with who are like trillionaires who get like sentenced to really uh, like really harsh sentences for really bad crimes. Like I'm talking murder. And they just pay their way out of it. I think. Um, and also another thing is lawyers. Oh, yeah. These so people were, you I- can get the top lawyer and public. I'm not saying public defendants are bad. Public defendants are very honourable people. They don't get paid a lot and they help people every single day. And I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm saying they have less time Mm. to just focus on one case, whether if you're paying them, like, heaps of money, they're going to be like, okay, all my attention is on this. And at the same time, like, if you just pick some random guy, like, um, I did mention this before, but Bruno... Hampton, he was a German immigrant and he was a carpenter and his English was English was not his first language and he I don't know about his level but I would say it's great. So if they wanted this guy in jail, they could have gotten this guy in jail. It wouldn't have been that hard to sort of achieve that. But I just have a couple more things I want to touch on and then we will be done. So the first one is that there were a lot of people on this property. Oh compromised crime scene. Like I'm talking like hundreds because this these these people were rich and famous and people wanted to help they it makes cases so hard it does because like if you were say i just want to say that james condo did it just for the this okay yeah just for the purpose of this i'm not saying he did it just for the purpose of this all of a sudden it's like oh i did it but it's fine i'll just touch everything and all of a sudden my dna is all in here you know why because I work for you guys. Of course yeah. it's going to be in there. Or if you're a friend that did, you just, like, start touching some stuff. It's like, oh, I was in that room yesterday. Like, it's... Or you could have, you know, if you left, like, a footprint, just kick the dirt over it. Like, it's not a big deal mm. if you're there. And then, lastly, I just want to talk about, like, how badly the investigation was handled just based off that. And then a couple more things, and then we will be done. Firstly, um, that, in my opinion, I don't think that this German guy actually did it i don't know just 
I don't know who I think did it, but I just don't feel like he could have been guilty. But I just don't get the sense that this was the case. Just based on all the factors, that's just not my opinion. What about you, Asta? I I don't know. I'm I'm sort of looking at the parents. I'm not looking at them. I'm thinking of like the butler, those kinds of people. I just think that like if you're rich, you can get out of anything. Yeah. That's what like I'm it's I'm it's unfortunately the rich do generally get richer. Mm. And unfortunately, if you're rich, you do get a privilege in life. Yeah. And I think that you can get away with murder. Now, the last thing I want to touch on before we say goodbye is that the letter was done intentionally bad. So essentially what's proposed is that this letter is really bad. It's not just like like the spelling, the grammar, the punctuation. Like it's not just like maybe you didn't put an apostrophe and don't or you, you used the wrong witch. Like it's got almost every second word is spelled drastically wrong. It might have been on purpose to like seem uneducated. Yeah. It's like, oh, it couldn't have been us. We're like we're, we're educated. We went, we, to, we, like, we went to Harvard. I don't know if Harvard was the thing back then. But like, like we went to Harvard. We did like medical I, I don't know. I'm just naming things I think are smart. Um stuff like that. And it's like, well, clearly it wasn't me because I'm yeah. not educated. But Asta, do you want to quickly touch yes. on socials? Socials. So follow us on TikTok and Instagram at oddlyunexplained.com. Visit our Facebook page, Oddlies, which is uh, oddly unexplained, and you can join our website. Oh, sorry, and you can join the conversation, and you can join our website, which is www.oddlyunexplained.com. And don't forget, Missing Persons Week will be next week, so please join us then, and we can touch on that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have questions, make sure to reach out to us on socials. But have a very creepy and true crime-filled week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.